with your boy, Jimmy Jernigan, and this is the Daily Dose of Wood Podcast. fellas today we got a very special interview very special guest joining our show mr nate boyer a little background on nate long snapper in the nfl oldest rookie to get signed to an nfl team 34 years old green beret texas longhorn crazy incredible story on how he went from never playing a down of football in his life to walking on at texas getting signed by the Seahawks and I won't give too much away so let's get right into it here's our conversation with Nate all right we now are just joined by Mr. Nate Boyer Nate thanks for joining us man of course thanks for having me brother former NFL long snapper and a United States Army Green Beret serving multiple tours for the Army in both Iraq Afghanistan then went on to play college football as a walk-on at the University of Texas despite never having played a down of organized football in his life. Let's start right there. Tell me how you walked on to the University of Texas after never playing a down of football. <laughs> well, you know, I, I uh, growing up, I, I played a lot of other sports. I played baseball, basketball, soccer, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to play football when I was young, but, you know, my, my, uh, my, my mom wasn't, like, big on me doing it just because it's, you know – I don't know. It's a pretty violent sport. For sure. <laughs> you know, and so, uh, so I didn't, I didn't play it when I was kind of younger. And then I, I remember feeling as I was getting to like my, you know, teens that I, if I wanted to play at that time, I could do it. But I just remember feeling like insecure about it. Like, Oh, I won't be as good as these other kids that have been playing already. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of self-confidence uh, when I was younger. So I didn't do it. And then I regretted it because it was always like, it was my favorite sport to watch. I was a huge 49ers fan growing up in the Bay Area. And yeah, it just like, it just bothered me that I never played. And it wasn't like the end of the world. I mean, there's a lot of things in life that we just don't get the opportunity to do that we want to do. Yeah. But when I was coming out of the military and and going back to college, finally at 29, I was like, you know what, man, I might as well try out for the team and see if I can make it and, you know, figure that out. And so I I went to, I got into Texas and I went down there and, you know, and tried out and made made the team just on the scout team for a while eventually started long snapping just to try to find a way on the field so this is when you're probably around 30 30 years old right and then you yeah got- i was tw- i was i was 29 when i first walked on and then 31 when i finally first started like playing some games and stuff and then you got deployed while you were at texas right and you told coach mark brown that you're gonna go you're gonna practice long snapping you watch some youtube videos and you cut out a piece of plywood and just practice in the desert. Tell me about that and what that was like learning the long snapping process. Yeah, yeah, I went to uh, went to the University of Texas. Uh, Co- you know, Mac Brown was there for he'd been coaching there for years. They won the national championship in <clears throat> 2005, 2006. Yeah, I just went overseas that summer. I stayed in the National Guard because um, this was after my time on active duty. Yeah, and I went overseas and I brought a couple of footballs with me and I just practiced long snapping every day. I told him before I left or I asked him if I'd be able to try out for the position and uh, compete for it when I came back. And he said, "Yeah, of course. I mean, if you can, if you can do it." He's like, "It's you know, the best man, but the best snapper is going to play. It's the way that is around here, you know." And I was like, "I get it." I went and uh, you know I worked on it and you just looked just, up YouTube videos on just yeah. long snapping <laughs> techniques and just watched. Yeah, 
I watch YouTube videos. I, uh, I I watch videos of you know just other pro snappers doing it and kind of watch their technique. And I looked up workouts on like what long snappers would do to train to get stronger and you know snap it faster and and you know what they would do to practice accuracy and I built a couple like, targets out of plywood and then just went for it. What was it like being one of the older guys on the team, oldest rookie in the NFL? Right, thirty four years old. What was it like being the older guy on the team in college? Were you going out to the parties with the guys on the weekends too? Or what was that way that you played? <laughs> yeah, I did sometimes, man. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, you know, I had a good time. I enjoyed my time in college for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, once you got in, got in that locker room, even though I was older than most of the guys, I mean, I was, those were my good friends. I'm still good buddies with a lot of those guys. And uh, so the age thing, you know, didn't really bother me too much. Uh, maybe it bothered them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Some of them. Who knows? But uh Picked up by nah, the Seahawks. Good, yeah, yeah. So I got a got a shot with the Seahawks in uh, 2015, and I was 34 years old. So I was the oldest guy on the team, and you know the oldest rookie. I got to play in one game, and that was it. You know, through the preseason, I didn't make the final final roster, but uh, it was a pretty pretty great opportunity, pretty pretty great experience, and I was just blessed to and fortunate to get that get that shot at that level. Yeah, I saw you come off the field on that one snap you did in preseason, and. I think that was the most exciting part of the game. All the guys are fired up. Coach Carroll's out there hugging you, giving you a high five. What was that like yeah. for the behind the twelfth man and in front of those fans and playing for Coach Pete Carroll? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was really cool. He, uh, him, and, and the GM John Schneider and the whole organization, man, just to give me that shot and, and genuinely consider it, you know, consider it legitimate. Like, I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they told me, he told me, coach told me when I got there, he said, look, it's going to be a long shot for you to make it. But I, uh, I like guys that got a chip on their shoulder, you know, and you have that work ethic and I want to have that in my locker room and see what happens. And then, yeah, just to see the rest of the guys in the team, you know, a lot of those from, from, from Richard Sherman to Earl Thomas to Doug Baldwin to, to Russell Wilson and Michael Bennett. I mean, there's just so many of those dudes that, that were uh, Bobby Wagner. And we're just excited that I was out there and, and making it happen, man. Pretty, pretty incredible experience. Everyone loves a good story. You know, you started as a Green Beret before the football thing came about. I know. I just want to touch on, you know, how you got into the military and what 9-11 means to you. Obviously, I was affected. My grandfather passed away in the attack on the Twin Towers. He was a deputy chief down in Special Operations FTNY. I know you were around 20 at the time. What did 9-11 mean to you when you first saw it? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a tragic day and incredibly hard to believe still now that something like that could happen and would happen, especially in America. First of all, God bless uh, your, your family, man. God bless your, God bless your grandfather. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. And uh, appreciate his, uh, you know, his sacrifice. It's like a lot of people in the, the military sacrifice, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a sacrifice. Doing that job is a dangerous job and, you know, it takes a certain type of person to do it. So I'm Definitely. sure he was the reason, you know, many were saved too. So, yes. but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I just, I just remember I was sort of living in my own little world, you know, my own little bubble in LA and not really thinking about the rest of the world. After that, it was like trying to figure out how we can, we can, you know, how we live in a, in a society or a planet, even that like that stuff kind of stuff would happen, that kind of stuff would occur, you know, but I was also inspired by how united we kind of came together. Yeah. After that, as a country, you know, through the rest of the year and even into '02, and then, you know, it slowly started to slip away, and now it's a place where it's not doesn't feel real great to uh, 
<laughs> people say after 9-11, if there is a, you know, one thing positive that came out of it was the, the unity, you know, within the whole country that the people felt everyone came together. First responders yeah. were, you know, very much appreciated at that time. And everyone just felt like one for first time in a long time. And hopefully that feeling comes around again. On a more positive note, though, you teamed up with Jay Glazer, football analyst for Fox, to start MVP. If you want to just, you know, give our viewers, our listeners a little information about what that was, why you started it, and where it's at now. Yeah, MVP is really cool, man. It's, it stands for Merging Vets and Players. And Jay and I, you know, we bring together combat vets and former professional athletes and help them find purpose and identity uh, when the uniform comes off. The experience on the battlefield and on the ball field are completely different. Camaraderie is very similar. Struggle with that transition when you're done playing is very similar. And that's something that we all can go through together and we can all help each other through and realize how capable we are with that next phase of life and, and understand that this was just momentary. It's not who we are. It's something that we did. Um, who we are is the, the person that sacrificed so much to be elite person who beat out so many others to make it to that level and uh we're still that person like that's that hasn't changed you know what i mean yeah. uh the uniforms might might change or whatever but uh you know you may never have that that glorification side of things anymore as far as the fans in the stands or you know everybody thank you thank you for your service and you walk to the airport with your camo on or whatever it is but you, you know you, you can still do great great things you can still be a great uh, contributed to society. You could still be a great father and, and wife and daughter and son and parent. You could be all those things. And so let's, you know, let's, let's figure out ways to empower each other and, you know, realize that, uh, you know, we're still that, we still have that greatness, even though we may not, we may feel like we'll never do anything great again. We still are great. I want to touch on, you, know, you talked about not having that much confidence or courage when you were in your younger days to play football Looking back now as an older person, what advice would you give to your younger self about, you know, gaining that courage or having that self-confidence? You know, I would tell I would tell my younger self and help my self understand that, like, the, the people that are, I think part of it was I was worried too much about what other people would think. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was worried too much about, oh, you know, I'll get made fun of if I'm a bench warmer or people will think less of me or whatever. Maybe, but, like, who cares? Like yeah. those people, as you get older, everything sort of evens out. A lot of the people that, you know, seem to have it all together and, you know, they got all the, they got all the girls and everything's looking great in their life. Uh, as they, as they get older, things start to fade, you know, and they didn't, they didn't have to work for stuff when they were younger. Yeah, and no. so, you know, it, maybe it's tougher for them when they're older. Right. And also just like, most of the people, the naysayers in the world are usually the people that don't do anything or don't try to do anything. They don't have, they don't, they don't accomplish greatness because they're also afraid of what other people will think, you know? And so like, don't, don't let that cloud your judgment and make decisions for you. If you want to do something, you're passionate about something, just do it. Just do it at, at, at whatever level, or at least just, at least try. It's not about the, the win at the end of the day. It's not about the victory. It, it, it's a hundred percent about that journey, about the path, about uh, just trying, you know, and, and pursuing something that you love. That's what more uh enjoyable that's what that's where i get happiness in, in in my life and those moments of feeling like i'm in the right place and i'm content is when i'm hustling when i'm when i'm grinding and working after something that i think is pretty challenging and maybe i'm not sure if i'll be able to accomplish it but at least i'm trying like that is so much more rewarding than achievement 
parents. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to understand when you're younger, I think, but I mean, that's something that I would continue to continue to, to, to push to my younger self that just like, enjoy, enjoy this hustle, man. Enjoy trying. That's great advice. I mean, I can understand a lot of that, what you're saying about, you know, being younger and I'm in a similar position now, trying to grind this out, turn this into something big and it's not going to happen overnight, but it's about, you know, enjoying the struggle, enjoying the come up, enjoying the grind. One of the last questions I want to hit here with you is about football. You think it's going to be played this season, 2020 season? I think so. (laughs) I hope so. I don't know about, I don't know about, I don't know about college. It'll be harder with college, I think, but I would like, I hope they both get to you. I mean, I think if, if the players want to play, you know, I mean, the fans certainly want to watch. So yeah. uh, even if it's just on TV, like we definitely want to watch. I guarantee you that. If the players want to play and they feel comfortable and they're doing everything they can to, you know, to practice uh, safe measures, and I think they should do it. You know, I think you should figure it out. And I think that that's, uh, it sounds like that's what's going to happen. Uh, but you never know. I, just, I, I hope it does. I think, uh, I think it'd be really good for us. Uh, it's good to see basketball and baseball going, and you know, it's it's not so bad without the fans. I don't think. I think it's still interesting. It's it's different, but I think it's still I think it still works. Give it a give it a shot. Let it go. Let it happen. Hopefully, I'm looking forward to it. Need football. Need football back. Everyone needs football yes. back. A little bit of excitement and that you know watching football again on Sundays and having wings and you know the traditional football Sundays. Yeah, back. need to have our at least even if it's just. Even if people are just watching, having virtual watch parties. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know I mean? Hey, man, I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for you know Thank coming you, on and chatting with us. Stay safe out there, man. Get better, and we'll talk to you soon. That sounds great, brother. Hey, go give us a follow on Instagram at Daily Dose Wood and subscribe to our YouTube page at Daily Dose. Can't thank all the Daily Dose patients enough for the love and support. We'll see you guys next week. Twenty twenty, I came to fuck it up. Yeah, I want a long life, a legend.